Welcome to Hidden Secrets to Health with Christina Cole. When you realize that each and every lifestyle choice you make generally has a direct effect on your health, wouldn't you want to influence that outcome? On this program, you'll learn how to uncover the secrets that your body tells you and learn how even small lifestyle changes can mean big rewards with your health. And now, here's your host, Christina Cole. Welcome to the Hidden Secrets to Health. I'm your host, Christina Cole. I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and certified health coach. And one of the reasons I started Hidden Secrets to Health was because I found a lot of, um, a bit of over-information available on Dr. Google, um, a lot of conflicting advice coming from a variety of different directions, and a lot of polarization And so the point of Hidden Secrets to Health is to really take you down other people's health journeys and kind of provide some insight on uh, what many of us have gone through to discover what those hidden secrets to health are and the things that impact our health. And so one of the people that I um, admire and have on my show today is a good friend of mine. Her name is Jen Yunt-Coles. And we met... um, Maybe a year and a half ago, she's a, a fellow IIN graduate, which is the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. It's the largest health coaching school in the world, I think. And um, she's had her own journey that I'm going to let her share with you. But I have found that the people with the most passion for becoming a health coach and becoming a health practitioner are the people who have had their own health challenges. And it's been through those trials and tribulations, really, that we discover different ways of healing our body that is not shared in the conventional um, medicine world. And being able to share that with other people is a part of that healing process. And it's really, really rewarding to be a part of someone else's healing process. It's, a, and it's very exciting and um, fulfilling. And so I know that's a big part of how Jen came to be be an IIN and also a functional medicine health coach. So welcome, Jen. Hi, Christina. Thanks so much for having me here. So you formerly were a a chef, a baker. I was a baker. I owned a gluten-free baking company in Chico, California for several years. And uh, baking has always been a passion of mine. And so I decided to make that into my business for a little while. I'm, I'm kind of bummed I didn't get to check that out. I still have high <laughs> hopes you're going to bring it to one of our masterminds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, what- I'm sure I can make that happen. Oh, awesome. Uh, so what caused you to go from doing a gluten-free bakery, which is super valuable because I was, I've gone gluten-free and I can tell you 10 years ago, the options for gluten-free food were horrible. Yeah. <laughs> they were, I was just, it was like torture. Um, and the trial and error was, was not the best time. Um, and so having those bakeries out there is super important. And you kind of made a transition to helping people heal. So tell me a little bit about that journey. Sure. So um, if we want to go way back in time, I was one of those kids who were always in the nurse's office with the heating, asking for the heating pad. I always had stomach aches. I was kind of a nervous Nelly type. Um, you know, I was, I pretty much spent my zero through 20 years uh, being constipated. 
um, it was miserable. And uh, my mom used to give me the Metamucil and, you know, we had the typical standard American diet. Um, everything was fried or had cheese on it. Um, so, you know, I didn't learn and I was lactose intolerant until I was in my 20s at college. Wow. And um, they actually didn't even tell me to stop eating dairy. What they did was they handed me a bottle of Mylanta. So I just carried oh that my around in my backpack. Yeah. So I just ca- carried that around in my backpack, you know, I, I thought that was the answer. So it wasn't until I uh, moved to Chicago and had a wonderful roommate who was diagnosed with celiac disease, and we decided to change our cooking and diet in the house that I realized um, after some testing, too, that I was uh, gluten sensitive mm-hmm. and actually react to to wheat in general. So that whole time I was just eating dairy and wheat and not knowing that I was reacting to that. And so once I figured that out, I was able to cut those products out of my diet and did get a lot of improvement. Um, As I journeyed down, I uh, had two children uh, back to back and that took a toll on my body. And I was still having some digestive issues at that time. I think it was probably stress related. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was working during the day and then I was going to school at night and I was uh, studying acupressure and Chinese medicine and that opened my eyes to the world of alternative medicine. Wow. And I loved it and I was getting a lot of relief that way as well. Um, but like I said, I think I had developed a condition, what we call leaky gut syndrome or mm-hmm. um, irritable um, uh, intestinal permeability. And uh, so I think that was causing this kind of autoimmune dynamic that I was seeing. So it wasn't until a few years later where I kind of hit a rock bottom. Um, you know, one of those days where I was just in bed and I thought I was going to die. I was in so much pain and I felt hopeless. And um, I just kind of had this moment of clarity where I thought, you know, this is not how I want to go out, right? I've got right. two kids. I've, I want to I do something for myself. I have got to heal myself. No doctors have been able to help me. Um, and, you know, even some of the alternative things I was trying was not helping. So I was just online one day while I was lying in bed, and I came across the IIN website for the health coaching program. And it just really spoke to me. It resonated. I thought, you know, I'm going to do this for myself, but also I want to do this to help other people because if they're going through what I'm going through, they need a helping hand. Absolutely. Um, just to that point, it's funny because I did come across IIN in the same way. I was not lying in bed dying. <laughs> I'll save that for you. <laughs> but I, um, but I kept coming across it, and I kept, and I looked at a couple of the programs and stuff, and I, I think it took me a year to really finally decide to sign up and do the course. But it was, I had had my own gluten intolerance, leaky gut, um, chronic allergies, you know, that kind of thing happening, and Western medicine just wasn't doing it, and. Um, I just want people to know there are other alternatives out there and um, there are easier ways to find them than what you did and what I did, which was throwing everything at a situation and trying to see what works. And I've had several patients who have told me that's basically what they've been trying 
and before they found me was that, you know, it's like, I'm like, so tell me what kind of um, supplements you have. And I get, you know, pictures of like 30 different <laughs> supplements yeah. that they have <laughs> that, you know, like I've tried all these and none of them work. And I'm like, so, you know, and it's also kind of how you take supplements, right? Like if you try four at the same time, you have no idea which ones are working, which ones aren't. So there really is a reason to have a health coach. And there is a reason um, that we kind of guide you through this healing process, which uh, I believe that we both learned both from IIN, but then kind of stepping up the game and going to functional medicine training. So tell me when you went to IIN and you kind of, you know, it's a very much a blow your hair back situation, I think, because you're really <laughs> learning so much more about what's involved, right? Because it's not, your gut is related to your heart, is related to your brain, is related to your emotions, is related, fill in the blank. And IIN does a really great do- job of teaching how this is all interconnected, right? So at what point did you decide, this is, this is awesome, and this really teaches me how to coach, but I want to dig deeper, so I think, um, well, probably about halfway through, to be honest, um, because I thought it was a lot of great tools to teach us how to communicate with our clients, how to support them, and, you know, all the things in, that are not included on your plate, you know, sleep, mm-hmm. um, exercise, your lifestyle habits, things like that. Um, but I think for me personally, I was going to see a functional medicine doctor and was seeing improvement that way, and I just liked the, uh, you know, the foundation, the idea of how they attacked, you know, they don't look at symptoms and put them in a group and name it and then prescribe something. They're looking for the root cause. And really that resonates with me because I want to get to the root cause. I mean, I didn't mention this in my kind of bio at the beginning, but, um, I've been struggling with SIBO for some time. And so, um, when you're dealing with something so chronic like that, it's really difficult to just throw things at it and hope it works. You have to really get to the root cause. So that was really the draw for me. How did you, so first of all, let's tell people what's, what is SIBO? Sure. So SIBO is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And basically what it's, what it means is that uh, you can have bacteria that are normally in your large bowel migrating up into the small bowel um, or it could just mean, um, you know, an imbalance of of those microbes, and then now they're populating the small intestine. And how did you discover you have this? Like, so what, I mean, obviously you knew something is wrong. You're lying in bed. You feel horrible. You're trying innumerable different things. None of those things are working. How did you uncover that the symptoms you were feeling combined with what told you that it was SIBO? Sure. So typical um, symptoms for SIBO are things like bloating, gas, distension, cramping. Um, I had all of the above. Restless legs too, correct? Yes, restless legs. Um, People can get rashes, brain fog, um, muscle aches. I mean, it can manifest in many different ways, constipation, diarrhea, or fluctuating between the two. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's interesting, Christina, is that a lot of people who are getting this kind of blanket diagnosis of IBS right now, right, about, right. about 70% of those people actually probably have SIBO 
and don't know it. So um, many times that is the reason for their IBS symptoms. And really that's just a group of things. It's irritable bowel syndrome. It's a group, a collection of symptoms. Um, did that answer the question? <laughs> I forgot yeah, what no, it, yeah. So um, if I have these symptoms and I think now listening to you, like maybe that's what, maybe that's what I have. How would I find out? What would I do? Sure. So um, you can uh, order the tests online yourself now, actually, um, which you didn't used to be able to. But you can also go to your doctor and request the SIBO breath test. Um, It's a lactulose test, usually. There are different sugars that are used. But basically, what you're doing is you're um, limiting certain foods up until the test day. And then, uh, you know, there's a prep involved and you can ask your doctor or check with a lab about what that process is like. It's different for different companies. Um, But basically uh, you are breathing into a bag and it's collecting the gas coming from your intestines and that will be sent to the lab and then sampled. And it's looking for two different gases. It's methane and hydrogen. And uh, they measure it over a two hour period. And the idea is that, Um, If it spikes during that two-hour period, that's the time where it's actually in your small intestines, around 90 minutes. Um, Then there's a sign that you've got bacteria in there producing that gas. Wow. So, I mean, I had a few things on my my mind there. So, it's like when you're talking to someone, that's your small intestinal gases. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Coming out. That's a really interesting way That's, to look at it. <laughs> I never, I can't say that I ever thought about that before. Um, so that's really interesting that it is a breath test versus, you know, when you have a pathogen test, a lot of those are stool tests, really. And so um, the fact that SIBO is a breath test, and um, I love that you can order it yourself because I think one of the biggest challenges for people is when you go to a um, to your regular physician they have to have codes for everything that they order and everything that they do. And so that really kind of handcuffs a lot of doctors on being able to justify ordering a particular lab, right? Because if it's been sort of given the blanket diagnosis of IBS and you're given your medication that you're supposed to take, then to one degree that will mask what's happening, but to the other degree, now that you have this diagnosis of IBS, it's hard to come back and justify why you need to have a SIBO test to be done. Because, again, you know, the way that we created the sort of the medical system in the United States is everything is, is, um, has to go through insurance, has to be impro- approved. So the right codes have to be used and those codes have to be, impl- you know, inserted before they can make their recommendation which makes it that much harder to have this type of a test done just because you want to, just because you, you know, and if this is where, you know, doctor, well, Dr. Google doesn't necessarily know. And so um, the fact that you may have educated yourself on this doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get doctor approval to do this type of a test. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's where uh, functional practitioners come in. Um, you know, they're going to be more open to doing that with you and for you and being able to interpret, you know, the results once you get them back. Um, 
There is one other way that you can get SIBO information, and that's through uh, the upper endo- endoscopy. But it's a little more invasive and more expensive. Mm. Um, so if you were already getting um, an endoscopy, it's a mouthful for me. It is. <laughs> um, you can take a biopsy there. But, you know, there are false positives with that, too. Um, you know, you could be sampling a part of your small intestines that actually doesn't have the bacteria in it. So it's it's a really tricky road. Um, the testing is very important and valuable, um, but there are possibilities of false negatives and false, well, not, not false positives, but false negatives. False negatives. Mm-hmm. And, the, and I would assume that as you go through a protocol, and we'll talk about that when we come back from the break, but when you go through a protocol and sort of at, at the end of that process, you'd really want to retest, wouldn't you? You'd want to retest and see if, if it's gone. Yeah, so mostly in my practice, I'll retest, um, but only if they're, well, we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. It's a little more complicated than that. (laughs) Okay. I was just thinking that, you you know, like a lot of times we do a a protocol and then we kind of need to do a retest, right? I mean, I know I do that with with different things with stool testing and then also if um, somebody's got some hormone issues and they're on something um, we have to retest at the end. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that when we come back from the break. Okay, great. Thanks. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in to The Wellness Connection for the latest and most comprehensive information about health and wellness topics. From natural health and green living to regulation, political views, and legislation. Each week, hosts Peter McCarthy and Radia Gleese interview renowned experts who will answer questions and provide the keys to your better health and better life. Listen for The Wellness Connection live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and Noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. 
Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Hidden Secrets to Health. To reach our show today, call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at christinacole.com. Now back to Hidden Secrets to Health. Welcome back to Hidden Secrets to Health. I'm your host, Christina Cole, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and certified health coach. And today we are speaking with Jen Coles. She is a functional medicine health coach, and we have been talking about her journey from being a gluten-free baker to a health coach and someone who specializes really in healing the gut. And we are also talking about SIBO and um, Jen's personal journey through that. So one of the things that we left off with was how do you know when you actually have gotten rid of SIBO? Like, what do you do after you've done a protocol? So maybe we should start off with what is a protocol? Sure. So um, different practitioners have different ways of going about it. And actually, there's a lot of talk about it in the functional realm right now. Originally, it's always been, um, you know, well, we have to kill the bacteria. So it was kill, kill, kill. And that's the main focus. And then, you know, uh, starving the bacteria by going on a really strict diet. And uh, some uh, clients, you know, would take that and run with it. So they're on these antimicrobials for months at a time, um, having restricted diets for months at a time, which really it's not meant to be that way. What it's really meant to be is a short protocol of either antibiotics like Zyfaxin or um, antimicrobials uh, for a short period of time, I'd say two to four weeks, depending on which way you go. And having, uh, you know, what they call a low FODMAP diet. And that is basically uh, reducing certain sugars and uh, fruits and vegetables and things like that, um, that can create and feed that bacteria and that gas and kind of keep that cycle going. So basically what you want to do is you want to uh, decrease the bacteria in the small intestines. um, And you want to do that by a number of ways. Like I said, either the antibiotics or antimicrobial herbal antimicrobials and by diet. Um, You also want to be healing your gut at that time, which is really important because when you've had SIBO for a long period of time, it's likely that you've created some kind of inflammation and damage in your intestinal lining. So you want to be doing a healing protocol as well. And it is important to test afterwards, usually within two weeks of finishing your protocol. Um, What I was going to say before is it's a little complicated because in my, in, in my uh, personal experience, I came back with a high hydrogen um, originally. Right. Yeah. And I uh, did a protocol for 30 days and then I tested and I was like, I'm going to beat this thing. I'm going to beat it. You know, I was on this super strict diet. I didn't cheat once. I did my herbal antimicrobials and I was super faithful to the protocol. And, you know, it's not for you really have to have support. It's really difficult to go through this um, 
diet and protocol for that long of a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I tested right afterwards and it came back flatline. So I thought, awesome. And my functional medicine practitioner was super excited for me. She's like, you totally beat the SIBO. And then about two weeks later, I started having different symptoms. And oh, wow. yeah, it turns out that I then had developed um, hydrogen sulfide producing bacteria. So I killed one sort of bacteria and then I created <laughs> that bloomed other ones. a vacuum for this other bacteria to take, take shape. So, um, you know, that is one thing about getting a flat line SIBO breath test is that it could be indicative of the third type of SIBO, which is hydrogen sulfide producing bacteria. And this is one that's being studied right now. There's currently not a test available, but it will be coming soon. Wow. So you've gone through this massive protocol. You, you, you have like a two-week relief and now you have something different. Yes. And then what do you do now? What do you do? So with this one, it's, uh, so I, what has, what has happened was I was one of those people who, before I was working with my functional practitioner, I was taking regular herbal antimicrobials and creating this uh, vacuum really, and um, not supporting the good bacteria, but just focused on killing, 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 you know, like we do that for things like candida and we do that for things like SIBO and, and other dysbiosis, right? Um, right. Parasites, you know, you just kind of go on this mission to get rid of it. Um, and what happened was I created this atmosphere in my microbiome where I was missing things like important bifidobacteria and important things like acromansia and, uh, you know, butyric acid and those things that are promoting wellness and balance in the microbiome, a stability of equal, you know, partnership down there. So this is a good example of why you would want to work with a functional practitioner exactly. because when you are self-diagnosing, self-treating without some type of guidance, you can create more harm than you're, than you're helping. Exactly. More harm. Yes. And so it is important to be working with someone who is trained in, uh, in these areas because it's tricky and it's an experiment really. I mean, we're all still kind of learning Mm-hmm. Um, one thing doesn't work for everyone. Um, one protocol doesn't work for everyone. And often, like you said, uh, you know, you can test right afterwards. And then it's very common for SIBO clients to relapse. And that's mostly happening because once they've done that protocol of getting rid of the overgrowth, um, what we need to incorporate are things like prokinetics to keep the system moving so that there's not a motility issue there and that the bacteria can, you know, start blooming again. Um, those are things like, um, you know, ginger or even magnesium to kind of keep things going. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few products on the market right now that, that we use in our practice for that. Also, um, then in slowly, slowly incorporating probiotics to rebuild the good bacteria. And um, if, because if you don't do that, then you're leaving that space open again for the, the, the quote unquote bad bacteria to come back. Right. Because it's made a home there, right? So um, it's ready to move back in at any time. And, and I would say that candida is sort of the other um, overgrowth that, that is typically common 
for people and that will continue to come back because um, the word I'm looking for is it's uh, opportunistic. Yeah. So it's a super opportunistic. Uh, so in, so in candida, it's a fungus, but in SIBO, it's a bacteria. Nevertheless, they both um, really enjoy living in the human bowels. Yes. <laughs> and they can coexist. That's the other thing you can have uh, both, you know, overgrowth at the same time. Yeah. And, Something that I work on with my clients is that if I find any other type, any type of bacteria, I tell them at the end, we're going to do a candida protocol. And that's because candida is um, opportunistic. And if you have one type of bacterial overgrowth, or if you have a pathogen, it is sort of making room for its best friend, candida. Yeah. And they like to hang out together. They have rock star parties in our intestinal tract. And they're the only ones having a good time while that's happening. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we feel miserable, but they're having a great time. So it's really important that um, if, you, if you know that you have candida or that you're, you are someone who gets yeast infections easily, there's probably something else going on. And even though you do this yeast extermination treatment, you're very likely going to have it come back because there's something else happening in your intestinal tract that's making way for that to come. Yeah. I think the other thing that I think is really important is we have been trained with the diet mind frame for everything, right? So you do something for a period of time and then you go back to the lifestyle you were living before. Right. So let's say you have SIBO and you get that it's gone. And then you go back to your prior lifestyle. More than likely, you're going to end up with SIBO again because that's how you got it in the first place. And it's these lifestyle changes that are what provide long term health. Right. So, you know, like if there's certain things that you introduce, you're immediately going to have an issue. Right. And there's, it's like certain sugars. Stress plays a tremendous role in um, how our, our small intestine and our large intestines are working together. Um, A lot of people hold their stress in their stomach. And, um, and I think when it comes to a point of anxiety, that's when you get, especially back um, when we were kids, that's you're the nervous type, right? Mm -hmm. Or you have a nervous stomach and it's because you hold your anxiety there and telling you you have a nervous stomach or giving you mylanta is not going to actually help you you know kind of gain control of that so what kind of advice would you give to people from a lifestyle perspective on um especially if you see it in your kids right because i know my daughter she's the one that goes to the nurse's office and i know because she holds her anxiety in her tummy mm-hmm Yeah, that's a really great question, Christina. I have two children and one of them especially is the anxious type and and a worrier and um, he will often have flares of diarrhea because of it. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, it's really important for since I'm going through it too, right, that I'm being a good example for them and just trying to teach that my children and my clients that things like uh, you know scheduling in your self care is important, mm-hmm. whether that looks like a massage or reading a book or going on a hike or taking a tai chi class, 
um, something that's going to slow your uh, nervous system down, kind of just if you get into that. Uh, Manic. Yes, get out of that mode. And, um, you know, because we're living in that constant, you know, that little hamster wheel, we're going and going and going, and we don't reset to calm down. And I have found that in a SIBO journey, for myself and for my clients, it's super important to get the stress controlled, you know, have stress management skills in your daily life, Um, whether that's meditation, yoga, reading a book, like I said, um, you know, taking your dog for a walk, it, it has to be there and it has to be there every day. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, that I gave my daughter, just, um, her teacher will often let her just go ahead and go to, to, to the nurse's office and, and that kind of thing. But, um, one of the things I did was I gave her a roller bottle of essential oil. Good idea. And I just, I put it in her backpack and I said, you know, this is for you. And when you start to have that feeling, um, just rub it on your wrists and then smell it. And one, it gives her that time out when she kind of needs it, but it doesn't, she doesn't have to leave the classroom, right? Mm -hmm. Because that was like, she gets overstimulated and she would say she had to go to the bathroom or something. And then she would be, you know, gone for a while. And so, and then I'm getting a, you know, a call from the teacher saying, she's really been using going to the bathroom or going to the, to the um, nurse's office a lot. And I'm like, okay, so this is, she's not unwell. She's had, she, this is, she's feeling anxious. And this is what, this is sort of how she's interpreting how she should react to it. Um, And so I do try to have talks with her as well. Like, you know, like this, those are the moments you need to give yourself a break and have a deep breath. And this is goes for all of us, right? Yes. When any, you know, when you have those moments, um, you don't necessarily have to push through them. You need to give yourself space. You need to give yourself time to breathe. And just doing some simple breathing exercises is pretty amazing at how much that um, slows down your heart rate, kind of just, you know, you're getting more oxygen in. We tend to be um, shallow breathers. And so, <sighs> that kind of thing makes a big difference because we are in that sort of rush mode. And it, and the thing that is sort of amazing to me is when you go through a functional medicine training, you kind of learn how that's all interrelated. But in, in the typical world, you're not thinking how your anxiety is contributing to having leaky gut and how when you have a leaky gut, that opens up the pathway for pathogens, bacteria, yeast. And then um, when you take different medications that maybe you get at the drugstore or you get prescribed, how that might be covering up some of those symptoms, but it's not resolving what's happening in there. And so it will, it will just increase. It will exacerbate over time to the point where now you're like, this, you know, this is no way to live. Exactly. So I've got to find a better solution. And um, I think that's amazing that you kind of have taken this journey and are at a point now where you're still working through it yourself. And at the same time, you're helping others so that they don't make some of the choices that you made that have kind of exacerbated your own journey. Um, And I know you're like, you're learning, like really, you're really digging in now. Right. Now you're really going into like some of the chemistry that's happening inside the body and the different strains of bacteria that have these different impacts. So um, how did you start to learn kind of how did you start to dive deep in the science side? 
<clears throat> Sorry, I was going to clear my throat on the mute, but I didn't. I missed it. <laughs> um, so I've always kind of been a science brain. Um, I loved chemistry and biology in school, and uh, you know, I just I have an affinity for that kind of stuff. My brain just loves it. And so uh, since I've been on my own personal journey with a hydrogen sulfide SIBO, which is a little, you know, ha up until now has been, um, you know, less researched. Mm -hmm. um, I have been diving in for the past year and a half on that subject and uh, taking other classes. And like you said, um, studying very specific strains of probiotics to help combat some of this stuff. So it's been a really great journey so far. And um, I'm looking forward to just keep going. I feel like my brain is really expanding right now. And, and, um, I'm looking forward to helping other people. Cause I, you know, you, you I'm part of so many forums and groups of people mm -hmm. that are just suffering, just suffering for so long. And I, you know, my heart goes out to them cause I know what that feels like. And so I feel like I'm on my personal mission to, uh, you know, figure out this, this SIBO, uh, dynamic. Yeah, you, I mean, you really, I've been watching you, obviously, for the last year and a half, and um, I've been watching you blossom, really, in your knowledge and your, um, what you're putting together and how you're able to help people move through a really difficult process. And there's a lot of emotional support that's needed when you go through this, because um, one of the things I do have a conversation with my own clients is while you're detoxing, you will not just be detoxing the, um, the bugs that maybe you're trying to get rid of. There's a lot of more detoxing that's taking place. We hold a lot of anger in our liver. We hold a lot of sadness in this region of our body. And as we detox, that anger and sadness also tends to rise to the surface and also um, is something that you have to work through for the total healing package. So we're about to go to break again. And when we come back, I'd really like to kind of dive into um, how people can find you, um, some of the different um, protocols that are out there, because you said there's a few different ones that different people use, and kind of what some of the resources are that people would be able to get their hands on and um, start to unfold what's happening. So we'll be right back. Okay, great. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. 
Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You are listening to Hidden Secrets to Health. To reach our show today, call in to one 866 That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at christinacole.com. Now back to Hidden Secrets to Health. Welcome back to Hidden Secrets to Health. I'm your host, Christina Cole, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and certified health coach. And today we are speaking with Jen Yen Coles. She is a functional medicine health coach. She specializes in SIBO and in gut health and helping clients recover from damages done to our intestinal tract. And we were talking about her personal journey before we went on break. And then we were talking about some of the different um, ways to know if you have SIBO and different ways to start to combat SIBO. So while we were on break, I said um, to Jen, what would, what would I do if I was to do like 10 days? And her first response was 10 days isn't long enough. Yeah. <laughs> so so l- l- give us a, a, a snapshot of what would happen. Sure. So I just wanted to back up really quickly because this came to me during the break and then I'll answer your question. Yeah. You know, oops, I forgot to use my mic here. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. So um, backing up a little bit, uh, thinking about uh, if you could have SIBO is another thing I wanted to address really quickly. And that is, um, you know, if you've been uh, under treatment for Crohn's or celiac, you know, you've cut all the gluten out for it and it's been some time or some other kind of intestinal uh, inflammatory disease or something like that, and you're still having symptoms, um, that could also be a sign that maybe it's SIBO is the culprit. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to point that out too, because uh, we didn't, we missed that earlier. Yeah. So back to your question, um, SIBO protocol, it's, it's not easy. I'm going to say it like it is. Uh, it's not easy. It can be very difficult. And like we said before, a support system is imperative. Uh, having people in your home to help you. Um, it's really difficult to make two or three different meals uh, every day from scratch. Um, mm-hmm. You don't want to be eating any processed foods. And uh, you need people in your home who are going to support you to do that. And usually I'm looking at 30 to 60 days. 30 days is kind of the uh, typical protocol for doing a round of antibiotics. That's usually two to four weeks. Um, Again, something like Zyfaxin. Zyfaxin is uh, going to, it's it's really 
interesting uh, antibiotic because it stays localized in the intestines and doesn't go out through the rest of the body. So it doesn't have that systemic effect. So that's a really useful property of that particular antibiotic. It is hard to get your hands on. Um, It is expensive. Um, I have heard that some people can get it uh, in Canada for a a lot less. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, there are certain uh, brands of anti, uh, I always get this, herbal, anti, yeah. Yeah, herbal antimicrobials. And uh, so there's two of them that I like. There's one called Metagenics. They have a Candibactin, AR, and BR. And uh, also Biotics Research has some products that we can use, uh, Dysbiocide and FCC doll. And these are a good combo. Uh, you know, they have a mixture of different herbs in there to kind of combat different bacteria. So usually you're doing those for 30 days. And uh, during this time, you're on that restricted diet. You're limiting your uh, FODMAT foods. And in the case of hydrogen sulfide SIBO, you also want to eliminate sulfur-producing foods. Mm. Again, this is why this is important. Some some people will get on this bandwagon of, oh, I can't eat FODMAPs anymore. And they love it so much because they feel better, right? Right. With avoiding those foods. But what happens is, is once they start staying on that diet too long, they're depriving themselves of really important nutrients that we need. And especially things like those uh, sulfur-producing uh, vegetables, you know, like uh, cruciferous vegetables right. that we need for de- detoxification and things like that. So it's imperative that we're looking at the diet, that part of the protocol as something that's just temporary and not a lifelong change. And something uh, that, um, so I'm going to jump in here really quick because when you said that, something that popped into my mind was fermented foods. And how that's very popular and we get told a lot that we need to have fermented foods. So what happens when you are scarfing down your fermented foods, mean, you know, um, coleslaw or kimchi or um, kombucha? Yeah. Right? What happens if you have SIBO and you're having that? Oh, yeah. So most people with SIBO know that when they take a swig of their uh, favorite kombucha, that they're going to get bloating and gas and a lot of discomfort. Um, You know, there's kind of different schools right now out there about whether or not to use probiotics during SIBO treatment. And right now I'm kind of thinking, you know, uh, building in the probiotics after the protocol is, is a really great way to go. Um, Many people who have SIBO have difficulty incorporating probiotic foods, fermented foods, or taking a probiotic supplement during that time. Having said that, though, there is a company out there right now called Microbiome Labs mm-hmm. that uh, you know claims that their products can help with SIBO. Um, the key is to start low and slow on the dosage because otherwise you're just going to blow up and bloom with all that bacteria overload in there. Uh, even right. though it's it's good bacteria, it's still a lot of a lot of bacteria. And um, so you can look into their their protocol. They have uh, three or four products that they recommend in or in a specific order. Yeah, I'm familiar with Microbiome um, Labs. I do like them. They have a lot of educational videos too for for any of the science nerds out there. Um, they are free. You can just go on there. They're also on YouTube, um, and they are really informative. So if that's sort of your thing, that's a place to go. Um, I do use their Megaspore. 
um, and I actually use it um, for my kids because um, my son has had some constipation issues and it has been helping him along with magnesium and, you know, a gluten-free diet and, and uh, yeah. no dairy and, and all the things that kids like to, <laughs> right. all exactly. the things that kids <laughs> like to have. Um, so, but, you know, it's paying attention to those things, right? Because I feel like in your example, if you had known as a kid, or if your parents had known, had known what to look for, then um, you probably wouldn't be in some of the health situation you are now because you wouldn't have continued to eat the all of the gluten and the dairy and the fried foods. And um, that combination, right, that standard American diet, and um, it has a really big impact when you're, when you're hitting the drive-through and you're eating that and you're eating it on the go. Yes. Um, then you're, you're kind of more in a, in a cortisol dominant situation and you need to be in a rest and relax. You need to have that DHEA side activated when you should be eating. And so driving and eating is um, the American way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but it, it is contributing to a lot of the things that we've been talking about today. Um, and having that processed food, right? The, like the, the, the three P's is one of my favorite uh, soap boxes is prepared, packaged and processed foods and how um, the fillers in them and the, the things that are used to, to, in order to keep them from going bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the added antibiotics, those mold inhibitors, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And how that like ends up building up in our system and um, environmental toxins is another one of my favorite topics and how you put that combination together. Right. So the air that we're breathing and the, um, the pesticides that we're carrying with us as we walk across the grass that have just been sprayed Um, living in Sacramento, you know, this is a large farm community. And so we have the pros and the cons because there is a lot of commercial farming, but there's also a lot of organic farms and there's more organic farms. And so um, there's still that pet pesticide residue that gets on, on everything. And then when you are, so you're breathing that in, you're kind of, it's in your water and then you're eating foods that are prepared, packaged and processed. You've got that combination and then that, that kind of gums up the works, if you will. It's really hard to detox naturally. Mm-hmm. When you have SIBO, you have a, you're a bigger challenge because you can't have those detox, those naturally detoxing foods, which are those cruciferous vegetables. Yes. Well, and the other thing too, Christina, is that when you have uh, this overgrowth or dysbiosis, you're creating inflammation and an environment in your small intestines where you're not able to absorb your nutrients from the food you are eating. So it's a kind of a double whammy there where you're not, you know, uh, you're not most malnourished. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Most people with SIBO are malnourished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then having that get up to go be a mom, be an entrepreneur, be a, you know, yeah, (laughs) not easy doing all those different things and keeping your energy high, um, it, it gets to be really hard. And so um, one of one of the things that, that I've focused on recently, maybe always, but but really recently is that is that importance of community. And um, Jen and I have been in a mastermind for health coaches for 
a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about a year and a half. And it's really, I think, made a difference in all of our businesses, mostly because of that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recently um, have been has started a group program for families. And it was really, it's the focus of it is, is about being in community and having that support and being with like-minded because we have created an isolated environment, right? We're super connected through social media and um, electronics. And at the same time, we're really isolated and we're seeing that we're seeing that damage in high school, right? We're seeing that damage with kids that are feeling isolated. And even though they look like they're a part of everything, um, they don't feel connected. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's that human connectivity. And so when you're going through a healing process, you need to have your community and sometimes that might just start with a support group that your health coach puts together. Yeah. I think it's really important. Um, before we go, which is coming up fast, I'd love for everyone to know how can they find Genuine Coles? Yeah. So this has been so fun, Christina. Um, I have a website. It's the SIBOcoach.com. Awesome. And they can go there. Um, and uh, my health coaching business is called One Bite at a Time. And that came out of a conversation I had with my son about how to attack hard things. Mm-hmm. And uh, lots of times our healing journey is difficult, uh, long and difficult. So we do it one step at a time, one bite at a time. And um, I'm also on Facebook. You can find me there at One Bite at a Time Health. Um, I do live health videos usually once a week there. And I'm starting my YouTube channel as well. So I'm all over social media. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I know uh, this this video will end up, um, our interview will end up putting this on YouTube. So for anybody who wants to re-catch it, if you don't re-catch it on on the Voice America Health channel, um, it will be available in other methods. Um, We also turn this into a podcast. So if you're looking to get in touch with myself or with Jen, um, you can find us. We have links on the Voice America Health channel, and I'm at christinacole.com. So thank you for joining me today, Jen. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for asking me to be here, Christina. Had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Hidden Secrets to Health. Please join host Christina Cole for another edition of the show next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until next week, keep an eye on your good health.